0: Good afternoon, good afternoon. Welcome back to another episode of Max Destruction. As always, is Ken and my bumbling buffoon of a co-host, Dustin. Uh, What's up, everyone? (laughs) Uh, We're going to we're going to make this a weekly thing where we're going to try to figure out ways of of doing PG versions of of terrible insults for each other. That's because we we care about each other, folks. Uh, It's it's important to have that perspective. Um, this week dustin uh is going to be kind of a badass episode uh we started uh the, the the swordsmanship with with william wallace and uh uh gladiator and we're going to do something uh, very similar but uh, you'll have to stick tuned, uh stay tuned rather uh to what that's going to be a little bit later on in the episode uh prior to that uh we want to do a shout out uh Dustin and my friend uh from uh our dynamic duel uh discord as well as a follower a follow eh, fellow member of the dynamic podcast network uh Zach is actually gonna be dropping his podcast here in a few and I believe it's called Sinjo uh Dustin will be able to yeah Sinjo uh, which is going to be very much like ours here at Max Destruction and Dynamic Duel, uh, except he's going to be doing anime characters. And I'll let Dustin kind of throw a little bit more out on that, because uh, uh, my my anime experience is about a thimble deep, and I know Dustin by far is more expert at this.
1: Yeah, so I am a huge, huge anime fan. Actually, before this podcast, I, will, I had my own podcast called What in the Anime?, his is called Sinjō World. I believe it's Sinjō World. It's Sinjō for sure. Um, and he's going to be pitting up random anime characters. Um, I know he gave me a list of a few, and it's just bonkers. Like he has matches already set up for people in, like, say, like Full Metal Alchemist. I know Hezuka already has a matchup from Hunter Hunter already, and like, there's just so much awesomeness that could, that show can be because anyone that watches anime, it is wild. Yes. Uh, so,
0: I I know I'm definitely excited. Dustin is definitely, definitely excited. I mean, I've not seen him move this much since the last time he won a, a match. Uh, he... And I are happy to welcome another member to our network uh, and just goes to show you that if you are nerd enough, you too can use computers and math to put two characters up against each other in a simulation and then talk about it for at least an hour on a podcast and people will listen to you. By God, they will listen to you. Uh, But yes, welcome, Zach. Uh, We can't wait to have you. And uh, for the next few weeks, we're definitely going to be plugging his episode uh, as many times as we can because... without our friends we wouldn't be here so we definitely want to do the same for him uh so with that out of the way dustin why don't we go ahead and hit up our audience matchup from last week which was your choice i believe uh why don't you go ahead and throw out what we had from our listeners
1: yeah so i'm super excited for this one i did marcus from bad boys and we had some really cool answers we had roger murtaugh from lethal weapon will uh feral or Mark Wahlberg from the other guys, which that is honestly one of my favorite like underrated cop movies. I feel like not a lot of people talk about it and they should, because it is freaking hilarious. We also had Eddie Valiant from who framed Roger Rabbit and Jack Burton from big trouble in little China.
0: Yeah. Before the podcast started, uh, Dustin and I were talking about this. It's hilarious that every person on that list was a cop with the exception of Jack Burton. Uh, because I, I and honestly, I see where where uh, old macho man Camacho was talking about uh, with 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 your old buddy Jack Burton, because uh, he is such a badass character. Uh, but as you pointed out, I think having Alan and Terry or possibly Gator uh, from the other guys <laughs> as a potential fighting. And I think that might be a matchup that we do is going to be the other guys versus bad boys because I would love to see Palin turn into Gator halfway through the match uh, and watch his stats change because uh, Gator don't take no shit. He's never been about taking no shit. Uh, Gator needs his and, gat. Yeah, Gator does need his gat, you punk-ass bitch. Uh, <laughs> My kids have actually listened to our last episode, so I, I'm trying to like remember what which episodes I'm going to let them listen to or not. Uh, so <laughs> if you're listening to this, kids, remember, Dad doesn't cuss this much when he's not talking into a microphone to be you know lauded by the internet uh, for his woes. Um, but really, kind of pulling else up from the list. I mean, Marcus is hilarious. Uh, without without Marcus, uh, you would not have like that straight cop. Feel for the newer generations. I mean, I feel like Bad Boys really took that buddy cop dynamic and, and struck it to eleven uh, for for the newer uh, guys. And without them, other guys wouldn't exist. I'm reasonably certain. So. Uh, Those were great answers, guys. Keep them coming. We've been actually getting between five to seven, five to ten uh, answers per week. Uh, So we're going to keep doing it as long as you guys keep answering it. Uh, This week, not only are we going to be dropping an audience matchup, but we're also going to be doing a poll on what movie Dustin and I will be reviewing for our 15th episode. That's right. A little bit of a programming uh, note. We are going to be mo- mixing up our, our programming. So every fifth episode now will be a review uh, that gives us the ability to t- sit and wax poetic about movies that we really enjoy. And we're not blowing through our lists like crazy. Uh, so we'll go ahead and throw that poll up there. You guys can choose what movie he and I are going to review out of four choices. And we will watch and review that movie here in about three or so weeks uh so whatever it's going to be it may be deadpool just just saying because uh i've been on a deadpool kick here with Eddie, so it's going to be awesome all right so without that with that out of the way why don't we get into what everyone came to listen to which is going to be our dual matchup dustin who are we fighting this week can't remember who you have suck 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 as a co-host just terrible all he cares about is himself guys i do this is a this is 100 reasoning for having just a co-host that loves you and cares about you enough to not give a damn about who you're fighting okay dustin (laughs) fine uh dustin was going to be fighting as spartacus so because he chose the roman guy in leather because he's got some weird fetish thing going on There's a lot of stand it is uh and i wasn't gonna go there but i'm glad that you did because now i can heckle you mercilessly about it Uh, (laughs) versus the mass bandito himself Zorro. so we're gonna have another sword fight uh of sorts uh but this one's going to be maybe a little medieval Uh, see what i did there with the swords (laughs) yeah we come for the puns we know we know you guys do you come for the puns uh But before we get into that fight, we have to break down each character, and we do so using what we like to call Tale of the Cocoa Butter. What is Tale of the Cocoa Butter, you ask? Well, that's our version of the Tale of the Tape. UFC, boxers, they always have the stats, like height, weight, reach, uh, for each combatant. Uh, Dustin and I like to throw the bios and their weapons and characteristics out uh using this method because it sounds cooler uh and who doesn't like to think of arnold schwarzenegger just throwing on a bunch of cocoa butter i mean anybody anybody put your hand down Dustin. yeah there's okay.
1: there's your kink there's your kink
0: yeah it's not a kink that's a way of life my friend that's the reason why you're <laughs> here uh So, Dustin, I believe uh, I went first. No, you went first last week. Uh, So I will go ahead and break down the tale of the cocoa butter for the actual winner of
1: this match. Zorro. You don't got Spartacus. What? You said the actual winner, but you don't got Spartacus. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see,
0: my friend. We'll see. All right. So I have Zorro, also known as Don Diego de la Vega. Uh, he was pl- has been played by a ton of people. Uh, I threw out the, the, the version I'm going to be using for this Which is probably the one more known by a lot of uh, our listeners, which is the Antonio Banderas version. Uh, but in the same film, he was actually, Zorro was played by Anthony Hopkins, uh, probably most famously played by Guy Williams. Uh, and then, of course, the Zorro I remember being introduced to as a kid prior to actually getting the character himself, which is George Hamilton from Zorro, the the gay blade, uh, because I think my entire life was made as a joke to see how far people could go by making fun. And then they turned me into what you have now. So that's kind of on you for everybody that that started out uh, making fun and trying to get me to learn things wrong. So I done good, folks. I done good. Uh, so, Antonio Banderas during this filming was 5'8, probably about 160. Uh, his movies Mask Zorro, Mark of Zorro. Of course, uh, he is a nobleman uh, of the uh, Mexican uh, kind of elite uh, and a mass vigilante by night. Uh, Zorro debuted in Johnson McCulley's novel, The Curse of Capistrano, a serialized in five parts between August 9th and uh, September 6th, 1919, in the Pulp Magazine All-Story Weekly. The story was meant to originally be a standalone tell, and the denouement, uh, denouement, denom- I'll figure that out. The word is denouement. Uh, Zoro's true identity is revealed to all. And the Curse of Capistrano. Senor Zorro, became an outlaw in the Pueblo of Los Angeles and California to avenge the helpless, to punish cruel politicians, and to aid the oppressed. As dubbed the Curse of Capistrano. the novel features extensively both Don Diego de la Vega and Zorro or the fact that they are the same person is not revealed to the reader until the end of the book, which I think is kind of badass, especially for back in the day. It was really uh, a, a storytelling technique that a lot of people weren't getting. Uh, everybody knew that Clark Kent and Superman were the same person from the first ep- uh, you know, comic, but having these two separate entities and then merging them at the end as kind of the coup de grace is kind of badass. Uh, but for the purposes of this episode, I'm going to go ahead and throw out the bio from uh, Antonio Banderas' uh, version. Uh, so Anthony Hopkins is actually the Don De La Vega character uh, who was Zorro uh, during the first 10-ish minutes of the uh, movie. Uh, he Until he is found out by uh, his arch-nemesis, In which uh, his name is uh, Don Montero, Uh, and when Zorro is actually going through and you know saving people from being killed from the 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 cruel and the corrupt dons of the day, uh, Montero is able to find out who he is and then imprison him, uh, taking uh, De La Vega's daughter as his own. Uh, while in jail uh, Zorro actually befriends uh, a man named Alejandro who is played by uh, Antonio Banderas Uh, they both are able to escape jail Uh, Alejandro's brother was killed by an American cavalryman who is Montero's kind of right hand man uh, and that sets up the the struggle for Alejandro for the rest of the film Uh, so once De La Vega and Alejandro are able to get out of prison uh, De La Vega begins training alejandro in the ways of becoming zorro uh, so it's very much a uh batman-esque uh montage of uh, of events uh he teaches him how to use all the weapons he teaches him about tornado who is uh zorro's black stallion uh and is never without him uh and In much like every other fashion where the the Apprentice feels like he can do it better than the Master, uh, he ends up actually taking on the mantle of Zorro before he is ready, quote-unquote, and begins to make Montero's life hell. Uh, He woos Elena, who he did not know was Vega's daughter until much later in the film, played by Catherine Zeta-Jones, who was an absolute knockout in this film. Uh, and Alejandro just becomes the character of Zorro. So Zorro is a uh, a protector of the weak, a defender of the helpless. Uh, he utilizes uh, stealth and cunning. Uh, Zorro in Spanish, of course, uh, it translates to fox, so he is very foxy in the way that he does things, and very secretive. Um, his weapons and characteristics. So he is a, uh, Olympic level gymnast and athlete. Uh, he is able to, uh, utilize his acumen, uh, and, and uh, a knowledge of the area, uh, to his advantage. Uh, as far as weapons, Zorro always carries a black bull whip, uh, and a, uh, Fencing Saber. Uh, I'm going to go with Spanish Steel. Um, and also a myriad of daggers. Uh, additionally to those. Uh, uh, overt weapons. Uh, Zoro has a weighted cape. A weighted hat. Uh, and weighted boots that he uses. As uh, weapons and uh, distractions. When he needs to. Uh, finally Zoro is a skilled horseman. And tactician. Uh, he's often finding ways to instead of using brute force to overcome his adversary and be four or five steps ahead now the thing about most spartan warriors and gladiators they're typically really dumb so Zoro's going to have absolutely no issue with messing up spartacus uh, and that's why Zoro is going to win
1: okay i was going to be slightly offended by the gladiators are dumb deal but Spartacus falls for some really dumb, like, lies (laughs) a lot of the time, so I I really can't argue that point. But what I will say is your little silly fencing sword doesn't stack up to the weapons that Spartacus is going to be bringing. So, you know, have fun dancing around and playing Olympics. Anyways, um, we're going to get into mine and the true winner. So I have Spartacus. He was played by in the TV series. He was played in the first season by Andy Whitfield, who sadly died of cancer after the first season and was replaced by Liam McIntyre. So I'm going with Liam McIntyre because he portrayed Spartacus the longest for seasons two and three. His height is six foot one inch. He's 203 pounds and he is the rank of gladiator. He was a Roman auxiliary soldier and he is a rebel leader mostly. So let's get into the bio. Spartacus, real name, no one flipping knows. He was a Thacian warrior who was convinced to join the Roman army as an auxiliary soldier. He was convinced but to do this because basically the Romans agreed to help them fight these barbarians that were threatening the thracians and while they were at war they're in ready for a battle and stuff it's revealed that oh no we lied to you we're not going to do that at all so he deserts the roman army which is a huge no-no so they come to his house to his village to kill like everybody, capture him and his wife, and sell them into slavery. And that is where the true story of Spartacus begins. So when um all this happens, Spartacus and his wife are separated. She is sold into slavery in one area, and he is sold into being basically a gladiator. And at first, because he disgraced the Roman army, he is put in an arena game. As a way to execute him. So it's him against four gladiators. And this is why Spartacus is going to win. Because you know what he did? He was supposed to die that day. And instead he kills four men on his own. So he gets put in a, a Ludus. Which is basically a gladiator training like facility. It's owned by a benefactor. Who um, brings all these people in. Gets them trained up. And then makes a ton of money. Sending them off to their deaths basically. So he gets into this Ludus, loses his first fight against a man named uh, Quixus, and he is disgraced from this. He is sent to the pit to fight because he was supposed to be, you know, big and bad, and he sucked. So he goes into the pits, and there he is given basically these, like, boxing gloves. They're, like, leather straps across his knuckles and stuff, but they have metal in them to really bring in some heavy, heavy damage at close quarters. He wins a bunch of matches, proves himself in the pits. So then he is brought back into the Ludus to train again as a gladiator. And his first fight back, they make him team up with Quixus to fight a legendary gladiator. And he was like a giant named Theocles. So during this fight, Quixus gets hurt pretty bad. Um, They find, like, they're arguing the whole time. Neither one wants to cooperate. They finally start to, and after Quixus gets seriously injured, and Spartacus is able to slice the backs of the knees of this giant, drop him to the ground, and kill him. And as he kills him, it begins to rain. And so all the people think this is like a sign from the gods and they start cheering. He gets a nickname, the Rainbringer and the uh, slayer of the which is just freaking cool. So after planning and nearly succeeding in escape after this, he uh, basically works out a deal with his benefactor like, hey, bring me my wife and I will fight for you. But secretly, you know, of course, he's wanting to escape to live with his wife and be free. He doesn't want to be a slave anymore. When she arrives, he is all set. He is ready. He stole a knife and he is ready to make this escape. The the, they roll in. The carriage driver is badly wounded. He runs to the back and basically holds his wife as she dies. And right then and there, he gives up hope on escaping and being a free man. And he basically accepts his fate as a gladiator. He turns over the knife to his benefactor and his benefactor doesn't even question it. He's like, basically, all right, you're, you're in. I'll forgive you for trying to escape and all this. And we'll make you the greatest gladiator there ever was. So <clears throat> after this, he has to fight six criminals dressed as Thracians. And at first, he doesn't want to do this because those are his people. So, he has this kind of moral dilemma on, should I kill them? Ultimately, he does kill them and basically embraces the whole identity of being the gladiator, the true gladiator, even more crazy than, you know, the last gladiator I represented. So, I'm just saying, then uh, (laughs) then things get a little crazy because... The wife of his benefactor decides that she wants to get back at this other woman who likes the slave that she likes because, you know, this is a very adult show. OK, I'm just going to put that out there. Not something to watch in front of children, probably even teens or with your you know parents or in-laws or anything like just just don't. This is like a shameful watch alone type of deal. Unless you like to make um, it weird. Yeah, unless you like to make it weird. There's always that, I guess. Anyways, she sets it up to where they basically they sleep together. Well, the woman that she set him up with, the wife knew this and everything, is his arch rival, the man who is responsible for selling him into slavery. It's that dude's wife. So he as soon as he realizes this, he tries to choke and kill her, gets separated, they stop it, whatever. And then after this, Um, And because of all this, he starts to learn of his master's true plan to have his wife murdered. So he comes to the realization like, oh, I was dumb because I'm a dumb gladiator. And I fell for his little scheme and trap to basically be a slave forever. So he again starts to plan for an escape, tries to build this rebellion, tries to get people in on his side and all of this stuff. Um, And then he has a fight with what's is his best friend. It's supposed to be an exhibition fight, nothing serious. And it's like his only like real friend in the Ludus. And it's a coming of age party. The kid has him execute his best friend and he has to do it because he has to obey whatever is done. It's super sad, messed up. He's angry. He's like, I don't actually have freedom here. This isn't what I want. So he has this another fight with Quik, uh, Quixus again, and Quixus is drugged, and he realizes this, and basically, in the heat of battle, they agree that Quixus is joining the rebellion. He springboards off Quixus's shield, stabs a dude, And all hell breaks loose and they escape. And then I'm basically going to cut it short there because the next two seasons, season two and three, are just about them starting up this rebellion, fighting back against the Romans. And it's really cool. Check it out. And also, this is all historical, too. So you could look up these facts for what actually happened. Getting into the weapons and training. He primarily fights with two curved scimitars called sickos. He also fought with a gladius sword for a while, and he has castus, which castus are those leather boxing gloves with the metal in them. Um, He is trained to be the ultimate gladiator. He uses a Thrax gladiator fighting style, which is made popular by his people, the Thracians. So that is what he's bringing to the table. He's bringing brutality. He's bringing strength, experience, and um, a silly little dude doing like front hand springs. And has the sword the size of a pinky isn't really going to do much. I'm just going to say that.
0: That sounds like the idiot's about to have some Z's carved into his ass. That's all I'm going to say. Yes. Uh, Other than the fact that that show definitely was one of those, like, as soon as you watch the first episode, like, okay, you know, kind of like Game of Thrones, like, was not expecting that or that or holy shit, that. Uh I mean like it has the dude that played the bumbling uncle from the mummy uh and he is like by far one of the most badass like ruthless characters you've ever met uh so I mean it's it it is a great show uh I was definitely not a fan of uh season 3 uh but yeah RIP R. the original actor uh it it was definitely like out of left field when he died um and you could see that the amount of of gravitas that guy brought um, into the film but Dustin I'm sorry man I mean yeah the the fencing blade of Zorro might be thinner but it's longer and it is faster so uh, there, I'll leave mm. those jokes as they sit uh, and uh, we'll, we'll see how it all rolls um, but before we get into actually our, our simulated match, we'll go ahead and discuss how we get there. Uh, so we utilize math and science uh, in order to come up with who is going to win our fights because we're, you know, regardless of what we may say, we are heavily biased towards who we are repping with our fights. Uh, so we utilize the exact same Monte Carlo simulation method, uh, made famous by the Deadliest Warrior TV show uh, in the early 2000s, and he made even more famous by our generous back- benefactors of Dynamic Duel. Uh, so we take stats from a range of different uh, pieces of our characters, whether that's speed, strength... Uh, intelligence and most important for our characters humor uh, to d- figure out who's going to win our match So we take those piece uh data points from our characters we plot them along a standard de- deviation uh, and over a thousand fights we find out who is going to win now that would be exceedingly boring if we were to just utilize that because the episode would be over now so uh, it'd be great for like, those that don't like to talk but we definitely do uh so what we would do is take one of those matches and we simulate them quote unquote uh and each of us will put our guys in what the dynamic duel guys like to do is a non-environment environment environment. now screw that uh so for our guys we like to put them we'll put them in a roaming coliseum Uh, however it's not just the sand floor we'll say that there are obstacles uh, hiding places pillars things like that uh, that might make this match a little bit more interesting uh, if it needs to be any more interesting for having the badass at a Zorro uh, face a dirty dumb gladiator (laughs) Uh, but we'll, we'll see how that rolls now this simulation has absolutely no bearing on the actual contest, uh, but it is a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, We are getting a a lot better than this. If you want to know how bad things were, go back and listen to episodes one and two of this podcast uh, and then listen to us now. We've gotten a lot better at it, and we hope you guys enjoy it as much as we do uh, recording this, because there's not much more funny than watching each other's faces as we come down like, oh! never would have thought you would have done that or oh my god i can't believe you kicked the dude in the balls like dustin likes to say uh which means there's no rules uh and the all of the genital kicking will happen uh and you do it every episode exactly uh because it works (laughs) every time uh and the day that you defend against that will be the day that i will likely do it the next episode uh because you'll forget uh and remember kids wash your genitals it's very important uh which may or may not be coming out as a shirt here soon uh, for the max destruction podcast so we have the roman coliseum we have a bunch of stuff in the way we have the ludus we have the emperor in walks both characters now they don't really know anything about each other obviously i think the fact that both of them are wearing swords and they're in this Coliseum, there's, there's an understanding that they're not going to have high tea. Uh, there's likely going to be, uh, choosing violence today. Uh, Dustin, who do you think's going to go first?
1: I think it's going to be, as you put them, the dumb gladiator is going to go first. He's going to have his two sickas out right from the get go. And he's going to start charging at this wimpy dude who has no armor. Uh, so, Zoro's going to watch this big dumb lumbering idiot
0: uh coming at him uh, and I don't know if you notice this Dustin but like a cool strumming Spanish guitar is going on in the background because of course Zoro needs ambiance it's not just him being there and being and looking all badass in black in the sunny crazy Roman Colosseum that he finds himself. But as he sees this lumbering guy coming at him with these two swords, uh, Zorro is going to step sideways while flashing his cape, which is weighted, which is going to effectively blind Spartacus as he's running at him. While sidestepping, Zorro is going to un- lengthen, uncoil his whip and flash it out and aim and hit Spartacus right in one of his sword hands.
1: Okay, so he's going to drop his sword, and as he drops it, he's going to slide and take that Sika and swipe right at the ankles of Zorro, cutting him off. Mm-hmm. which case, you think he's going to cut him off, but as Zoro is an Olympic-level
0: gymnast, he's going to do a vaulted back handstand, as you like to say. Uh, But he's going to proceed that with a back flip, giving him a little bit of distance away from him, landing on top of one of the pillars, looking very badass as he does it, Uh, seeing that... His his whip made its mark. Uh, He's going to flash out again with the whip, aiming for Spartacus's eyes uh, while unsheathing his saber.
1: Okay. Well, Spartacus, he's a trained fighter. He might be dumb, but he knows how to fight. He's going to see this whip. He's seen him before. It's used in Gladiator Ludus all the time. He's going to dodge out of the way. He's going to pick up the sword that he dropped, and he's going to start making his way towards him again. So, understanding he's likely not going to be able
0: to use the same trick more than once. Uh, Zoro is going to kind of check around the area from his heightened vantage point uh, and then backspring again off of the pillar uh, behind a couple of other areas, trying to get cover uh, and concealing himself in the shadows uh, given off by these pillars.
1: you're going to be like, what the hell is this dude doing? Like, stand and fight. We're going to call the CM man. This is where men are made, and you're running away. So he's going to give chase. He's going to see where he backhand springed off to, and he's going to come around the corner swinging his sword where Zoro's head should be. And that's when he's going to make contact with the hanging
0: cape of Zoro. Zoro is going to step out from the other side of the pillar, and oh, by the way, there's commentary for this because what Roman Colosseum wouldn't be. And it's going to be John Candy's character from Rookie of the Year where he's going to go, yes, this is the Roman Colosseum where men are men and women. Well, that's another story. So as soon as uh, Spartacus takes the swing and, and makes contact with his cape, Zorro's going to flick in with his saber cutting a Z real quick on Spartacus's cheek uh, and then getting into an on-guard stance uh for the counter-attack
1: okay and um then spartacus is going to flop swords grab his gladius he is going to go and just smash that thin little sword into freaking pieces and go for your jugular and that is when the co-host of the Coliseum, which I'm going to say is uh, Jason Bateman from Dodgeball. It's going to be like, whoa, Cotton, I did not see that one coming.
0: Well, of course you didn't see it coming because it didn't happen. All right. He's talking about Spanish steel. This isn't the cheap ass Roman stuff that they have that breaks all the time. So not only that, but. Zoro's not going to deflect it the way you would any other sword. He knows that his blade is not going to be able to hold up against the heavier weapon. So he is going to utilize his fencing techniques to kind of push aside. He's going to take some of that momentum, though, and as he does, he's going to kind of do a crazy spin move, taking off his hat and throwing it at Spartacus's balls.
1: Of course. Of course, we had to go there. <laughs> this weighted hat's going to hit him in the nuts. And Bateman's going to be like, ooh, he did not like that, Cotton. It's town
0: population it's- you, bro. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, you know, he's used to pain. And I'm sure it wasn't the only time he's been hit in the nuts. So he's going to be like, holy crap, that hat was heavy. Get up, throw some sand in Zorro's eyes, and then use that opportunity to cut off his freaking sword arm. So
0: we'll say that he didn't cut off his arm, but definitely is going to blind him for a minute and he'll, he'll get a real good blow on him. All right. So, but the thing about Zoro is he can fight with both hands. It's an ego Montoya, bitch. So he, he tosses his fencing saber into his other hand, uh, and he clears his eyes, uh, of the sand while kind of weaving and dodging any incoming that he could, uh, As he is able to clear his eyes and moving as he is, he's going to whip the whip one more time at Spartacus's ankle and pull it. As he does, he's going to lash out with the saber, cutting the Achilles on the other.
1: Ooh, okay. That was a pretty good move. So, man, Spartacus cannot walk. If you've ever seen those hostile movies, You can't walk with the cut Achilles. <laughs> so he's gonna be after limping watching right? one of those. Do nothing. <laughs> oh right. <laughs> so he's gonna be limping, but while he is close, he's gonna use that opportunity to lunge at him and plunge his Gladius straight through Zoro's chest.
0: It's very possible, you know, as he's clearing, finally clearing out his sight. Uh, but I'm going to say instead of him actually getting the penetration with the gladius, uh, he's going to deflect it using the heft of his blade and plunge one of his daggers right through uh, the chin of Spartacus ending the match. So we either have Spartacus killing Zorro with his gladius in the most ungladiator way possible, because uh, he's limping and crying the whole time, like whining. The, that's what I'm picturing. He's whining the entire time. Uh, or Zoro is able to dance in, deflect the blade strike, and then shove a dagger into his chin. Dustin, I think this was a pretty brutal match. I, I really like swords play, and we've definitely gotten better with it. So so I congratulate you, my friend, uh, and uh, Roman salute fashion I I, I salute you uh, we who are about to die um, so but before we get into the match results I think we need to go ahead and go and do our damage or destruction spectrum uh, so our destruction spectrum if you guys hadn't noticed is we like to see if you were to take these two characters and you were to put them in downtown New York City and say, say in front of a deli all right. Uh if these two guys were to actually go at it, how much damage would happen to the outside area? You know, you take some of these big burly dudes like Dutch and Rambo and you put them in a in a New York City's, you know, Main Street, they're going to blow up half of Main Street. You know, that deli guy is not going to be able to operate for at least a day, day and a half tops, Uh, you know, getting all of his glass out, you know, so he can, you know, cut his his delicatessen meats and make sandwiches. All right. Dustin, where do you think this match falls on our uh, destruction spectrum?
1: Uh, I'm going to go with a two because we do have swords involved. So I'm imagining if this is like near that deli, you're going to have some broken windows, you're going to have some broken chairs, possibly some pedestrians got in the way of a sword slash. You never know. New Yorkers had, don't always seem the brightest on movies. I'm sorry, our New York fans. Um, yeah, I'll say it too. Well, if you're a New York fan, you know who
0: you are and you are likely the deli owner. All right. So we love you. Everybody else really, really could care less. Uh, that's let's just be honest. We we really only care about the midwestern fans here, uh, because we're both in the central time zone. So uh not nah, that's that's only uh, like three quarters percent true. Uh we love everybody and we hope you continue to listen. Uh please, please don't don't leave please. our podcast. Please. We're begging you. Please. Uh, but,
1: but we'll we'll there. share more and more pictures of candidate.
0: Uh no, this time we're gonna get to that here in a few. All right. Uh so uh <laughs> Dustin, I think we're going to go like a one, one and a half on this one, uh, just because neither of them really use explosives. Neither of them really use anything other than martial weapons. But I do think that there is a higher opportunity that Zoro would assist in cutting the meats and cheeses. Uh, and he'd do so like spectacularly. I mean, it would look oh, yeah, right? It'd
1: be like a sandwich cut ready deli.
0: Yeah, It'd, it'd be perfect, perfect. Um, but Unfortunately, my friend, it has come that time to discover who the results of this match between a thousand simulated matches. Uh, Dustin, of course, thinks Spartacus is going to win because Dustin is Dustin, who always thinks he's going to win. Um, But the winner for this matchup between Zorro and Spartacus is Spanish guitar plays uh, Zorro my friend, uh, uh, 807 to 193. It was, it was really pretty much a blowout. Um, they were very close on movement speed strength. We kind of gave the edge to Spartacus a little bit. Damage levels really kind of where it was. Uh, fighting skill was another Zorro had way more experience in, in different styles of fighting, not just brute force gladiator fighting. Um, also versatility uh so Zoro has had to be put in multiple different situations and he's had to utilize not only his speed and his strength but also his brain a lot more than say spartacus so that's really what swung this fight um i know you, you wish that it was different but i don't and therefore we want, i won so that's really <laughs> all that matters i'm okay in, in i'm okay you should be Uh, That was, it was a hell of a fight, uh, my friend, but in the end, the better man won. Uh,
1: Yeah, you know, I can't really argue because, like, Spartacus uses the same shield jumping strategy multiple times. Like, he does not change. If something works, he's like, that's it. I got it.
0: So. Alright, so, but before we go ahead and get into our next picks, we're going to go ahead throughout this week's audience matchup. Now, for the last few weeks, Dustin and I have gone like whole hog on a myriad of different types of fighters. Uh, anywhere from aliens to suited up, you know, jacked up, roided up badasses that you could come up with. This week's going to be a little different. This week, I think we should give it to maybe an unsung hero of the comic book world, or more so like the films here recently. This week's audience matchup is Ned from the Spider-Man No Way Home, Far From Home series. That's right. Your friendly dude in the chair who is now really, really worried about, you know, betraying his best friend which totally happens in the comic but not in this this film here but we're gonna go with ned and i can't wait to see what you guys come up with as far as our audience matchup for this week so keep them coming guys um but before we get out of here dustin we go need to go ahead and uh pick our picks of next week so next week we are doing of course Nacho Libre versus Frank Dukes, which you and I are both very excited about. I mean, I, so yep. it's definitely one of the matchups that I I have dreamed of when coming up with this fight, uh, only so I can rewatch Nacho Libre. Uh, and Bloodsport is always up there for rewatching for me, but Nacho Libre is where it's at. The week after that is uh, if I don't know if you can see Dustin, but definitely repping. The, who's it going to be? That would be Indiana Jones versus Jack Sparrow. Ooh, okay. That's right. The archaeologist versus Johnny Depp. I mean, I don't really think it's a character per se. (laughs) I think it's really just Johnny Depp being Johnny Depp. Um, But I am very excited about this, uh, my friend. I love both characters. I am totally a homer for one of them, but I will not get into that. Uh, And instead of a coin flip, Dustin... I'm gonna just let you choose because I am such a homer for one of the characters. I'm gonna let you choose who
1: you want to rep. Hmm. Okay. So there's one series that I've watched every movie, and one series that I've only seen one. <laughs> so I'm going with the series that I've seen every movie for, and I think it'll work out in your favor. I'm going with Jack Sparrow. You are you have only seen one Indiana Jones film. Dude, what is yeah, wrong with you? I'm There's, sorry. My family, one, we did a, We did an entire uh, of Pirates of the Caribbean like binge watch just like a few months ago. So I literally just watched every single movie within the last like three or four months. Well, I mean, I think I've only seen the first
0: three of those, but I'll have to do some more research. But now, le- OK, before we get out of here now, what is the one Indiana Jones movie that you've seen? Man, it's been a long time. Uh, I think it was like Raiders. Okay, that's respectable. All right, Raiders is is one of the best, if not the best, Indiana Jones films. Uh, But they're all great. I haven't seen the latest one yet, so we're just going to go with they're all great uh, up until (laughs) watching this next one. But guys, we really appreciate you uh, for for tuning in. Continue to throw up those audience matchups. They will be on Instagram. Uh, this week we are going to be requesting Dustin post something where he had hair. Um oh, on Instagram. One. Uh so that we can I, I'm sure he like lost it at 5 so it'll be pretty interesting to see what happens. No, uh,
1: no I got, I got, I had hair all the way until I had a child and then it just right. evaporated. See, so had the Homer Simpsons,
0: what you're saying. Like yeah. every successful child afterward just more hair to get pulled out. It's it's great. Uh, so yes, this week Dustin will be posting a photo of himself with hair, uh, so that you can see that magic happen. Uh, please continue to throw not our not feedback straight. our. throw feedback our way Uh, we have our our email maxdestructionpodcast at gmail.com we read everything that comes across for our Instagram so continue to leave uh, feedback for us there Uh, if you guys really really want to uh, throw some more audience matchups our way we are always looking for more and more characters uh, because there is a plethora if you will of characters to pick from and we are always excited to get your guys' stuff Um, with all that being said, Dustin, you have anything to send our audience off with?
1: Yeah. Um, Spartacus got cheated, uh, redemption match, Jack Sparrow for the win. Johnny death is the king and don't poop in your spouse's bed. So, yes, that last part, very, very
0: important. Uh, the rest of that was a whole lie. Just all of it was complete lie and fiction. Uh, and I hope everybody that roots Dustin on stubs their toe in the middle of the night. Just it's okay. right at 2 a.m. when they have to go to the bathroom, stub their toe and try not to wake up their significant other. So you know what, just, then? Just I hope you, you step night. on a bee. That's it. Just step on a B. And I do that on the <laughs> yeah. regular. That's that's what you call manliness. All right. All right, okay. guys. Uh, with all that being said, uh, join us next week. Uh, we can't wait to have you. And maybe next week we'll have another guest. If, you know, Dustin's been doing pretty good on his cyber security. He's not letting any more Marvel fans in. So maybe we'll get a DC fan or two in. So
1: no, thanks, guys. I, I got the algorithm specifically set up to block them. So bye. <laughs> Later, guys you